Hi to my friends. Welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here and that you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Hopefully you got some uh, some time to break and you ate a lot of very good food. You've got a new face and a new voice on today's podcast. Sarah Allen is here. She works with me here at Forte Catholic, usually behind the scenes, but I thought it was time to put her in front of the camera. We have a great conversation about what it's like working with me, what it's like doing the kind of work that we do. And also, she gets to share her story of finding love. She got married uh, this year, earlier this year, and it was lovely. We're all very happy for her. So we hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening or if you are watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and this is a new face and voice for you guys, not for me, but this is Sarah Allen. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Taylor. People might recognize your name because I have said your name on this show uh, more and more over the last few months, and that's because you've been working behind the scenes on this show. So people have heard your work. Uh, I have not edited the show in months. It's all been you, and we are the better for it. So uh, welcome to Sarah Allen, our sole employee. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to be here. Yeah, so you and I have been on camera once together. Uh, we did a YouTube video together uh, months ago about youth ministry because you and I both used to work in youth ministry together. And uh, you seemed you seemed confused by the prospect of being on camera. We you, you came and recorded with me in the old studio, the one that's like right behind this wall over here. Uh, so we were we were very much scrunched together. And you were like, if we're ever going to record again, I would like to be in a completely different city. So today you're recording for the <laughs> Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, but you're you're on screen. How do you feel about this? Uh, pretty good. And I was going to say that months ago, that was years ago, Taylor. That was years did, ago. Did I say much? Well, maybe my <laughs> yeah. editor can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely even remember recording that. Yeah, that was it was for a youth ministry thing. So it was like I, it, what was so funny about it is like you're 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 a, a quieter person. You don't have like you don't have social media. You're not you don't have this big following. And what was so funny about the video that you were on is that I was like so excited to talk to you even though it was like, you know, like everybody else on there was like Catholic famous. So it's like, I, I brought in like the heaviest hitters in Catholic youth ministry. People have been youth ministry of the Catholic church for 30 years, 20 years, the biggest name speakers. And then there's just you and me sitting in a closet like, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we thought that we would continue that trend. Ever since then, not only did you were you uh, have you not become, not only are you not active on social media, you've completely deleted it all. Other than the secret accounts that you've now created in order to post stuff for me. (laughs) Which I'm on a little bit too often, honestly. (laughs) I've I've brought you back to the dark side of social media. So uh, part part of this was, one, there's some things that I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, first of all, just what it's like working with, with me, because I would imagine, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I, as, I've, as, we, as we have been preparing for this, I've been wondering how people... Um, 
what people listening would think it would be like to work with me. Because I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who have actually worked with me, and it's been mostly negative. Um, but people who haven't worked with me, I don't know if the prospect seems like it would be fun or seems like it would be terrible. So we're gonna try to we're, we're gonna find somebody who uh, maybe has mixed <laughs> opinions of, about it in talking with you. Uh, you also got married recently. We're gonna talk about that. So that's kind of our trajectory for the day. But um, part of this is get to know uh, the, the team because the team has been just me for quite some time. And then now here you are working 30 hours a week for the good old Forte Catholic. So uh, we would like to know who you are. So start when you were a baby. Tell us about Sarah oh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, from Houston, Texas, born and raised Catholic and have always loved my Catholic faith. My parents are very devout Catholics. Uh, my dad taught RCA growing up. And so um, I would like sneak into their room and take these little Catholic books that were on his bookshelf and go back to my room and, and study them and read them. So I always absolutely love the church. Um, and let's see, I have one sister who is my best friend and we were very, very close. She's married and lives in San Antonio with her two kids, um, who I am and, obsessed and, with and husband and husband, of course, <laughs> of course, I just figured that was assumed. Um, <laughs> And then I graduated from a high school in downtown Houston, right next to the Astros Stadium, which I'm sure you love and you've seen probably many times. And then moved to College Station to go to Texas A&M. You, you know what? I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be shocked by any of this. But part of me is surprised that you went to Incarnate Word. I. I don't think why? I remembered that. <laughs> because, and I, and the, the reason why is that how there's an age gap between us. What is it? Like four years? Five years? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. only four years. So uh, I went to college with a lot of people who went. To, so I went to the University yeah. of the Incarnate Word and I went yeah. to college with a lot of people who came from uh, Incarnate Word Academy in Houston. And so one of them is like a mutual friend of ours that we used to work with. It's so like, I met her when I was 18 and I met a bunch of other people that went to that school that mm -hmm. I have 100% forgotten that that's where you went. To <laughs> yeah. I, I toured UIW and I, the reason why I didn't want to go was basically it was a maximum. Like it was just a huge version of IWA. That's funny. I just, even the class ring was exactly the same. Which is funny because I went there because it's small and you didn't go there because you say <laughs> it's huge. And then you went to Texas A&M, which is literally the biggest place in the world. <laughs> I did. And I am very happy about going there. It was the best school ever. It is funny. the best school ever. I just sound like Catherine Whitaker now. You do. <laughs> no, no, now you got to talk like this. <laughs> I'm sure she'd appreciate that. <laughs> I I toured UIW this past weekend. We went and traveled to San Antonio to visit my wife's family for Thanksgiving. And I, I took a tour of reminiscing with my wife, who also went there, and my kids, who had never been there before. We went and saw, like, the Christmas lights were all decorated on campus, just like they were when I was there, you know, many, many eons ago when Christmas lights were invented. And we, we, we took a tour of the campus. So I can imagine... Uh, now I'm imagining you being there just less happy than we were. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I actually remember touring A&M too when I was little. I don't remember going during Christmas lights season, but I loved going and everything. Yeah. So I graduated there in 2016. And then uh, I ended up staying in College Station, was trying my hardest to get out because I just was like, I need to go find another city to live in and do all this big girl stuff. Um, And then I ended up just continuing to say the Lord just continued to call me to be in College Station. Oh, wow. You you're blaming the Lord for your arrested development. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I want to leave, but uh, I, I, I definitely want to move on if I stuff, but I can't find a job. So I'm going to blame God. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take it that way, Taylor, you can. <laughs> And then a year and a half after I graduated from A&M, ended up working with Ablaze, which is how you and I met. We did meet at Ablaze. And I've told the story of you and I meeting at Ablaze multiple times uh, on the show as uh, an example of not starting off on the right foot. And then (laughs) because of you, like genuinely because of how you reacted and responded to it. uh, I think it's probably the reason we are good friends. Um, It's funny because I... uh, saw you and your husband uh, two weekends ago, and I mm-hmm. I told him the story, which, uh, one, he hadn't heard before, which made me thankful that you hadn't told him the worst moment in our friendship. Um, but I tell him, I, I was going to say, I told him that I literally don't even remember what we got mad about. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That. That's that's good, and that makes <laughs> me feel better about this because I, uh, as I was telling him the story, I was like, I I remember that I said something inappropriate you know like that put my foot in my mouth and it's one of those things that's like i make offhand comments and i know this about myself that i make offhand comments and sometimes those offhand comments hurt more than i intended them to right like i, I strike a nerve or i say something that like i didn't know was a sensitive area for for certain people or whatever or maybe just in general i shouldn't be saying them but we've all seen that i can't stop doing that so you know whatever um but i said something i think it was the day we met and uh it it struck a nerve with you and uh, the reason, the thing that I appreciated, well, well, not this part. You started crying, and the thing that I appreciated it, <laughs> it was after that, where you approached me and you said what you said hurt me, and I was able to apologize, and like I felt terrible, right? I think I gave you a hug, and like there was so much trust built there that like you and I, like you were new, and I had established friendship because I had been in a blaze for years at this point, and like you, you and I like became like you were my closest friend there when when we were working there for, for years. And I think part of it was that is that um, I, I think at the time, the reason that I appreciate it was because, uh, and we're going to talk about working with me later, but I, I, it came to my attention later that other people did not like uh, how I <laughs> operated or worked or said things or talked to them or whatever, but they kept it all to themselves and just, t- uh, no, that's a lie. They didn't keep it themselves. They kept it from ever- anyone but me. <laughs> we tend to do that as humans. <laughs> right. So like everybody knew that like everybody had a problem with me except for me. So I just kept doing the thing because it seemed to be working. Right. Um, so just the honesty and the openness and the like, Hey, you suck. <laughs> Could you not do that anymore? I'm like, Oh sure. I'm sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't phrase it like that. <laughs> it's how, it's how I heard it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was funny cause I was telling the story to, to your husband, uh, while we were at a baby's birthday party, which is, you know, this is what you do at baby's <laughs> birthday parties, I guess. Um, eating Mario cupcakes and talking about the, <laughs> It was the best themed party. Can I just say? (laughs) It was very good. It was very good. 
Um, but he was like shocked. He was like, yeah. He's like, like he was, I was shocked at how unshocked he was. He's like, yeah, relationships are built on trust and communication. Like that makes total sense to me. And I was like, it was revolutionary in my life. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a good one. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. He's the you. best. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he is so great. But yeah, I mean, vulnerability is so important in relationships. And when you don't talk about the things that frustrate you later on, like, there's going to be a blow up or something and the person's going to be just so shocked. Like, what did I do? I had no idea. And so I think it's just so important to, to share the things that frustrate you and the, share the things that bring you joy so that the people in your life can love you better. Like one of the reactions that I have now in almost every interaction is second guessing and second, like second guessing how that went. It's like, I thought that interaction went well, but I've had so many interactions, especially during that span of time that I thought went well and everybody hated me behind my back. And I was like, well now, so like it's, it's still there, right? There's some like PTSD of like, Oh, did I talk too much? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I say the wrong, you know, like whatever, did I offend them? Whatever. And uh, so I just appreciate when people are like, Hey, I am enjoying this conversation. I am not enjoying this conversation or I'm just not interested in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can genuinely relate to that so much. Um, And I, specifically think back to there was a moment in high school where something that one of my friends was doing was really bothering me and I let it go like a year and a half you know I just would continue to get frustrated and frustrated and frustrated and uh the night before we graduated from high school we had a phone call about it (laughs) and it was just one of those things where it was like if one of us had talked about those things a year and a half prior our friendship would have grown and blossomed, but because of that, instead, we struggled and struggled and it wasn't a friendship that continued after high school. And I just, I look at that and there's been so much grace and goodness that has come from it to help form friendships that I have here and now. Right. Yeah. That, that's typically what people do when they're doing it incorrectly. They wait until the eve of the happiest day of your life at the time. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. you want to put a damper on this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad you learned through that experience so that I didn't have to have that experience <laughs> with you. <laughs> so um, you and I worked together at a blaze. And I, I remember uh, it, it is funny that you and I are as close friends as we are and that like you're the only one of them that I still work with right like it, it seemed to have worked out for us right uh, you only have one employee so <laughs> right exactly not many options but I um it, it was it's interesting to me that like we started the way that we did not only with that first interaction but um what I remember of that time is you stepped in to, uh, so we, we were working on a youth ministry team, right? And I was like the head person and they were, you know, a junior high youth minister and a high school youth minister. And you were coming in as a junior high youth minister and the high school minister, youth minister has been there for a while. And I was in this position where like she had like tenure, she was doing a pretty good job. She kind of knew what she was doing. You came in with like different ideas. You were good too. But for whatever reason, there was just like some uh, uh, personality conflicts, I think is probably the, the easiest way to say that, right? Like personality conflicts, thinking of like what, what could be done, you know, disagreements on what could be done best, right? It's not like one of you was like, hey, we should teach the catechism. The other one was like, we should punch the kids in the face. You know, like it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't like a clear right or wrong. It was more like, you know, good people can disagree kind of thing. Um, 
it, it was this this interesting thing because like the high school youth minister and I were were close and I worked together for a while. You came in, you were new, and it was this like uh, I I remember you crying a lot in our meetings, and I was like, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I, th- I I'm hoping there's going to be some comparing and contrasting as we talk about what it's like to to work with me, but. Um, you have started working with me now twice because you've worked here since. When, when did you start this year? It, it feels like it's been many years at this point, but you started I earlier say, this year. I want to say May. May. No, it was earlier than that because we moved in May. So I don't know, April, March. Okay, so it's it's been we're, we're coming up. You know, it's it's most of this year. So you and I have gone through the first you know eight nine months of working together a couple of times, and I think this time is going better. Um, so, uh, what, <laughs> a, a lot of what we did was like, uh, you were new in youth ministry. You had, you, you grew up in youth ministry, but this was to my understanding, your first like youth ministry job, right? You had worked with retreats and stuff before. Um, I had done an internship the year going into my freshman year of, so it was the summer going to my freshman year of, gotcha. high, of college. Yeah. Gotcha. But so this is your first time working in youth ministry. It was your second job because before you, uh, started working with a in, in that in your in your period of arrested development, you worked for a marketing firm, yeah, or worked doing marketing. <laughs> I just can't handle you. Um, yes, for <laughs> for a year and a half, I did a marketing job. Okay, uh, that'll come into play later. So you did a marketing job. You came into uh, doing youth ministry. So what are what are your memories from like early months of working with Taylor in youth ministry? Um. Well, the first thing that stands out is that you're loud. <laughs> the first thing you did was stare up to the heavens and take a long <laughs> pause. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm just having to really think far back. This was over five. This was six years ago now. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I remember you being loud. That's for sure. Number one. Not a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is this is really taking me back in the day. But I do rem- like a, as I was reflecting before I came on to this sh- yeah, I was about podcast. to say, like, this shouldn't be a shock that we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I remember, maybe, you know, you were talking about this memory that was kind of like a big foundational moment for our relationship, for our friendship. But there was another one, too, that stood out to me. And it was when we were on a retreat for we had like a week long staff retreat. And it's just hard, like being a youth minister is really difficult. And I would I would argue that even like once you've been a youth minister for 10 years, it's still hard. Um, But within the first, this was like, you know, I, I had only been a youth minister, like legitimately a youth minister for a few weeks at this point, but then been on staff for six months. And so I was still struggling with fine, figuring out the relationships between the other people on the team too, and everything. And I just remember there being a moment where I was just so upset about something. And I went outside to play basketball by myself and you just came out and followed me and we just talked as we played basketball together for like an hour and that to me was like a really big part of our friendship where it started because it meant so much to me that you saw that I was in pain and hurt and you came out to just help me and talk like we talked about it but really it was just like working off the frustration by playing basketball together what you're saying is we had a very good conversation during our silent day of the retreat. 
probably we were always trying to get around that silent day. I think it's very funny because I do remember this moment, and I'm glad that it meant a lot to you. Uh, but I think my primary recollection of that was um, I I am done being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the basketball is making noise. It seems like if the basketball can make noise, so can we. I do. I do remember. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. So that that's very good. I like that we have two different foundational moments for our friendship. That's very mm-hmm. nice. It took you a little longer. <laughs> Fair enough. Because of the first foundational <laughs> moment, it took you a little longer. That's that's yeah. perfectly fine. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say the first the first foundational moment I was mad at you, and yeah, we we cleared things up. But the second one was you coming and like coming after me, you know, and like the goodness of your heart, and I got to really see that that day. Well, that is nicer than I anticipated uh, because you you said something a few weeks ago, uh, maybe it was a couple months ago now, but uh, I was most of our meetings had been pretty technical, like because you started working here. Um, and you're doing primarily edit, you know, editing audio and video projects. Cause that's like the main thing that we do throughout the week. And you had like, you're an artist by like, just by you're a natural artist. And like, like by trade, you've done a lot of like design stuff and photography and, and like image images and, and that sort of thing. But you had done a, a little things like with, you know, when you're a youth minister, you have to learn a little bit of everything. Right. So you had done a little bit of video audio editing, but most of our meetings were like, Hey, we are like the, the benefit of working, you know, working together and like being friends already. It's like, we don't have to do that. Like, like weird get to know you <laughs> part of the work. <laughs> I'm so just like, like, Hey, I know you pretty well. Uh, here's how to take out a cough in a, in a <laughs> audio edit. Right. So most of our meetings were pretty technical. And I remember, cause I, I had some, like, I, I remember like, wanting to be like, look, let's just stop and like talk as, as people. Right. Because <laughs> this is new for both of us. Like I had had like um, people have helped me in the past as like freelancers. Right. Uh, But this was the first time that I was like investing in somebody that like, I think this is going (laughs) to work out. Right. So um, I remember being like, okay, let's just stop and talk. Like, how is this going? And one of the main things that I remember from the, like, how is this going uh, was like, this is so much better than the first time we worked together. (laughs) And I want to, and I wanted to, I was like, that'd be a fun thing to talk about. So I'm like, okay, the, if this is better, that means that when we started, it wasn't great. And then I ask you about that. And you're like, actually, here's the sweetest thing you've ever done. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, so, so let's, let's contrast a little bit. Cause now it just sounds like I'm an angel all the time. And I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> so come up with a moment when I hated your guts. Sure. <laughs> no. um, I, I think here, here I, let me rephrase. Let, let me, let me tell you kind of where I'm coming from. Right. Okay. Is I have had a lot of people tell me over the last few years, like, Oh, you've changed a lot or you've grown a lot. And if I'm being honest, I don't see it at all. And if I see any change, I think it's been negative. Like, I think I, I think I'm a worse Catholic than I was in college. I think I'm a worse Catholic than I was, whatever. Like, okay, I think I'm probably better at parenting. Like, so it's not like everything's just been downhill, but it's like, you don't see the change when you're the person, when you're always with the person, just like, you, you yeah. know, like when you're with your husband, or I'm with my wife, or I'm with my kids. Like, it's harder to see like, oh, like people do it with my son all the time. They're like, oh, he grew a lot. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. He was just growing 0.001 centimeters every day. So much. <laughs> right. It's insane. When I saw him two weeks ago, I was like, what is going on? 
<laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. I'm like, he's just, it's not like he woke up one day, was four inches taller. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, like, so when you're around people and that includes like yourself, it's like, you don't notice change a lot. And so I don't, e- even in like our different experiences, because I do think it's going better this time working together than it did, mm-hmm. at the, especially at the beginning of us working together the last time. And I, I'm not even, I don't know if it's that I've changed or that just that the circumstances are different. Right. So yeah. th- there, there are just people that are like, Oh, you've, you've changed. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just, you know, like a less hairy on the top, more hairy on the face version of the 18 year old me. Like I th- uh, maybe a little fatter too, but like, like, like a physical change, right? Like you can see gradual over time, but I don't know. So that's kind of like wh- what I've been thinking yeah. about is I've been like yeah. thinking about this conversation. Yeah, I comparing it to now. So I think, first of all, I just think that you're so good at your job. And you're so um, because of your experience, you know that you're good at it. So you go in with, um, with that knowledge, and you are determined to teach, and you know that you're teaching very well. Um, when it came to a blaze, I think that we were all struggling with relationships. And so because like maybe you were struggling with a relationship with someone else, then when it came to like me struggling with the relationship of somebody else, like teach kind of walking through that was difficult. And I, and I felt, I feel like we just weren't set up for success anyways in that um, versus this isn't managing relationships. It's managing something that you all you you know that you do very well. And so as you've taught me each step by step of what to do, it's very clear that you knew, okay, I'm only going to teach Sarah this one part and this is my goal. And I'm going to get to this goal, but we're going to take we have multiple steps to get there. And now that I feel like I can edit podcasts very well and there's very rarely something that you tell me I did wrong. I reflect on it now and I can see how you took each step to get to where we are now. Um, versus I think that in youth ministry, maybe those steps, those steps seem to be difficult for all of us to get there. Yeah. I, I think there's a, and, and that's kind of what I was saying about the the difference in circumstances. I think the biggest difference in circumstance is youth ministry or, and, or relationships are subjective, right? Like, like you, you can build your perfect youth night. I can build my perfect youth night. Like, yeah. you know, like the, the the irony of that job is like you were new and you were the one that lasted there the longest. Like you ended up taking my job, like the the leader of the whole thing, right? Um, which is just kind of a, a funny thing. But uh, youth ministry and relationships are subjective. And like I was your your like boss mentor, right? So I'm like trying to help you navigate this stuff. But like. Even in those meetings, I'm like, I don't like there's not a cut and dry answer. It's like you could try to do that just like in any relationship. If you're having a struggling relationship with somebody, it's like, you know, anybody, me, you, anybody listening to this could be like, hey, it might be nice to like get them a gift, even if they're mad at them. And some people are like, oh, that would solve everything. And other people are like that. You're just trying to buy their love, right? Like, like literally just that one action could be, it could be viewed differently by different people. And everybody could come up with like, hey, maybe you just need to talk it out. Hey, you just need to, um, 
let it fade. Like, don't talk it out. Just kind of like see if it fades over time. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe you're having a bad day. Like, there's so much subjective and there's not a clear cut and dry answer. And there's so many just different personalities involved that it's just like, I, I don't know. Man. Like, I remember sitting in those meetings and be like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like, you don't know oh, what yeah. you're doing. I don't know what oh, I'm yeah. doing. Um, but like with and because it's subjective, it's one harder for me to give advice. And two, it's harder for me to tell somebody when they're doing something wrong. Cause that might just be me thinking they're doing something wrong. Right. When it comes to something objective, like with audio editing, especially it's like, I've been doing that for longer than I've been doing youth ministry. And it's like one it's, objective you either did the thing or you did not do the thing it either sounds good or it does not sound good right and there's there's objective things to say and then it, it like frees me up to like say hey there's a right answer to this and if you didn't do it that way then you did it wrong like it's 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 kind of hard for me to tell people like the two places that i find it easiest it's telling to somebody that they did something wrong is not fun so like in relationships, I'm not very good at it, right? But like when it comes to like work, like so like the primary places that I tell people they do something wrong and I don't feel terrible about it is audio editing stuff and coaching, like with the track stuff. I'm like, you either did it right or you did it wrong. And like being told you did something wrong is not fun. It's not an enjoyable experience. But the whole point is like if you have a coach or a boss or whatever telling you like, hey, this is how you get better. So I don't know. It, there was something freeing about that that I don't think I ever realized. I never really thought about it about coaching either, but I thought about it with, with with working with you. It was just like, this is just so much more objective. So it's just easier to be truthful without worrying about hurting people's feelings. It's just like, hey, you made 30 mistakes on the last one. You made four on the next one. Congratulations. You only made four mistakes. Like that's huge progress, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's been one of the biggest differences that I've noticed. Yeah, I think that that's such a good point. I hadn't thought about it in that way, the subjective versus objective. Um, I mean, you said that I took your job after you and I can reflect on that now and see that there were so many times that I failed. You know, there were certain people that I worked with that we got along so well, we could, we could read each other so easily. I wouldn't even have to say, hey, like you need to go do this thing. They were already three steps ahead in doing it. Versus there were other people that were maybe super new at their job and they didn't know at all what to do. And so in my mind, I'm like, you're doing it wrong. But I do agree with you that there are so many different ways to lead youth. And I mean, when you look at our time there, we, we changed our method like six different times, you know, and each way there were different youth that responded well to that. Um, and so I completely agree that when you look at something objective like audio editing, you you know that you did it wrong or you know you did it right. You you took out the cough or you didn't take out the cough. Right. The, the irony of you saying that while I'm currently muting myself so that you <laughs> don't have to take out as many of my coughs today. <laughs> I'm going to leave a few just for you, just to, just to prove the point. But, um, okay. This went differently than I thought it was going to. I, I guess I guess it's good. I, I didn't I, I think I'm coming out of this conversation looking better than I actually am. <laughs> well, I just like to see the good in people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um okay, so some of the things. So we'll um I'm trying to think. 
we'll, we'll take a break here in a second. We're going to talk, going to talk about your, uh, your wedding, but, uh, a couple of, a couple other things that like, were like, um, pivotal moments in our, in our friendship. Uh, oh, this was the thing. I, I do remember one little thing that you don't like about me. And I don't think it's a big deal at all, but, uh, I always say that I have a favorite and you don't like this. And there's some irony in me saying that the reason you don't like favorites and the reason that I say I have favorites is it's just there has a very ironic connection. Do you remember you recall this? Are you saying like favorite humans or favorite like alcoholic beverage? Oh, like favorite people. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) so uh, I always have a favorite kid. It just happens to rotate. Um, I think it was pretty clear because of my role. I don't know if it's anything I ever said out loud, but like you show who your favorite people are, like in a workplace by who you spend time with Mm -hmm. one. But Mm -hmm. especially because of the position that I was in, like what I moved into like a, a marketing role. Right. And a big part of my marketing role was traveling with people. Uh, I was was traveling and going to recruit and going to um, like essentially market for a blaze. And I was like the primary person. So like I was the constant and then I would bring people with me. And anytime you're going to travel with somebody for four days, like, you know, you're going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. You're going to get on flights. You're going to, you know, do the flights together. You're going to be with somebody for three or four days. I'm not going to bring the people that I don't like. (laughs) Like, that's just not, that's just not how that works. Right. I'm going to bring people uh, not even that I feel neutral about. I'm gonna. I would like to, in every scenario, bring my favorite people <laughs> to go hang out with. Uh, because one, like, yes, it's my favorite people. But two, when you're doing marketing stuff, it's like my favorite people tend to be people who I, who are good with people that would have good conversations. That you know, whether not necessarily extroverts. Well, that does help at events like this. But I would also bring like my favorite introverts because I think like you know you could extrovert a little bit. You could promote us. Oh, I um, can definitely extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so you quickly became one of the people that was traveling with me uh, more often than not, and uh, so I I. I I just thought it was ironic that you didn't like that I had favorites. Yeah, you benefited from me having was, favorites pretty often. I was thinking the whole time I really did benefit from being your favorite. I really did from being your favorite. I mean, you still are, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> we are both benefiting from you being one of my favorites. From oh my together. gosh, yeah, we got to travel all over the country. That was awesome. I'm yeah, I'm I'm glad about that. I uh, which is funny. It, because my primary memory of traveling with you, uh, every time I think of it, my left arm hurts quite a bit. <laughs> I am so scared of heights, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we would travel, you would typically sit next to, typically would travel two guys, two girls, uh, you know, just it made it easier for hotels and all that kind of stuff. Um, but typically you would, whether it was your assigned seat or not, you would come sit with me or one of the other people that you liked. and when we were landing or taking off from the plane, you would squeeze my arms so hard. Like my wife has like birthed three children and she might've <laughs> squeezed me that hard one time. No. <laughs> Exaggerating. <laughs> so yeah, you did not like traveling on planes and yet uh, you still chose to I travel with me multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a very silly person. <laughs> my hands are probably sweating just thinking about traveling, honestly. Or my, my left my left arm is swelling up currently. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, and then uh, you left, and I, or I, I guess I left first, and then you stayed for a while. You were like, I care about the children. I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about uh, the children or... <laughs> Yeah, uh, but then uh, you ended up leaving and getting married, and we're going to tell that story after we take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As this episode is releasing, we are nearing the end of Giving Tuesday, but if you have not reached the end of your generosity, if you have not reached the end of your bank account, Forte Catholic could use your help here in this holiday season. We are a Catholic nonprofit. Uh, what do we do? We make podcasts like this one and many others helping other people. Uh, Learn about Catholicism, experience uh, Catholicism in a new way here on podcasting apps and YouTube and on social media, all that sorts of things. We also uh, travel, give talks, lead worship to help people uh, grow in their faith walk with God and his church. If that's something that you would like to support, you can do so at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. You can give a one-time donation in honor of uh, Giving Tuesday and the season of giving, or uh, if you would like to become part of the backbone of what we do, you can join us in uh, Giving Monthly. Our monthly supporters uh, really are uh, the bedrock that keep us going, whether it's $5 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month, it all helps us to continue to be able to put out uh, the best uh, Catholic content that we can and to continue doing uh, the ministry that we do in person as well. So again, that's ForteCatholic.com slash donate if you are feeling generous today. Thanks. We appreciate it. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll and that is Sarah Allen. It's still very difficult for me to not call you Miss Lesman because that's what I <laughs> called you for many, many years. It's not just that it was your last name. It's I never called you Sarah. <laughs> so, yeah. Every phone call, every time I'd call you, you're like, Hi, Miss Lessman. <laughs> uh, your face made me look like I was so excited every time. I don't know if I was that happy yeah, every I time I called you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of, of Lessman, though, uh, you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned that your your you know, your dad, uh, your parents you know, raised you in the faith, all that stuff. I you kept going, so I didn't want to interrupt you, but I did think it was very funny. Your dad has always seemed. He seems to like me uh, because you and I would travel a lot together. Like I would drop you off at your parents' house in Houston, like after flights oh, yeah. to yeah, and from yeah. Houston or whatever. So it's like, I got to know your family. Like I've dropped you off at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night after a conference at your sister's house in San Antonio. Like I've gotten to know your family and they seem pretty friendly. And uh, so I was shocked last week when the newest like on our Facebook post or on our Facebook page, like the fourth Catholic Facebook page was your dad. And I was like, I'm happy you're doing it, but where have you been? Like I've, <laughs> I've been close with your daughter for five years. Um, I, we won't say it yet, but like I played a role at your wedding uh, with him. And yet he still hadn't liked the page. You've worked here for nine months. I was just shocked by the whole thing. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. You know, <laughs> I was just like, I guess right, that was his choice. All right, man. I appreciate it. There had to be one lesson that liked the page, I guess. So when you and I worked at a place, there was this phenomenon. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, it seems to be a national thing. Cause it's like, I have uh, friends on, on you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. There seems to be a theme where like, there is a group of like, you know, young twenties to 30, maybe even a little older than 30 of like, uh, and, and we worked with a lot of them where I was so shocked. I'm like, how are you not married? Like, what, what's what's going on here? Because there's a group of like pretty devote Catholic women who would like to be married, who want to be moms, who would make great moms. Like, and, and they're just constantly single. And I'm like, 
what's going on here? Like we, the, the guys at a blaze would talk about it pretty often. Cause like most of the guys at a blaze were married. So it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's, that's not our problem, you know, <laughs> but we, we'd be like, where, where are the good young Catholic single devout Catholic young men to come take these ladies off of our hands? Like somebody else needs to, to, to take care of this. Right. So, um, that was the case with with you. That was the case with a lot of your friends, and it it took some time. But there's a good end to this story. Uh, you're all now either married or uh, uh, becoming a nun. Right? Yeah. So, one lady was just like, ah, "I'm done with this whole dating scene. I'm going to Italy to become a sister." But uh, the rest of you are all married now, and I'm and I'm very happy about that. Um, we know the end of the story. You got married. Congratulations. Hooray. Uh, but I, like, I'm an outsider looking at this situation. Like I, I never understood what was going on. I didn't know. Like, I was like, I don't know. Does she turn into an ogre at night? Like, I don't understand what's happening. So uh, let's talk that a little bit like... about that experience because I cannot talk about the experience of being a young, pretty Catholic devout woman, but you can. So. Yeah, it is a serious problem that women everywhere are single and desiring marriage and not getting out asked out on dates um people going years and years without being asked out on a date or even you know people that are 30 31 32 never being asked out on a date um one of my best friends bridesmaids is one of the most hilarious women i've ever met she is honestly drop dead gorgeous and is still single and desires marriage so badly and you know we just pray for all these women every day, but you look at, you know, growing up, everyone around you was married. I really didn't know any single women growing up. And maybe that was just, you know, the people I was surrounded by, but it, to me, it's Your very parents clearly kept them a away. They're like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, let's keep these ladies away from yeah. our children. <laughs> yeah. But it's very clearly a problem. And I think part of it maybe is that men are discerning, uh, discerning the seminary a little bit too late. And so like during the season when there are a lot of single men and women together, um, the men are discerning. And so they're not asking the women out on dates. And so maybe that could be part of the problem, but it is really sad seeing all these women um, going, not going out on dates and really desiring to be married and have kids. Yeah. I, it, it saddens me too. And it, it, it was like, it put me in like this kind of weird position because yeah, like I married. So it's like, I don't want to be like, it, it, it was this thing where I would see these like, like people like you and a lot of your friends at a place that I was close with. And it's like, I would see y'all getting down about like not dating or not going on dates and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I, I would love to help, but I like, I, I, I there's, there's not a way for me to help. Right. So I was like, what is a way that I can help? And I was like, even that, and like with with y'all, it's like I think I built up enough of a trust where I'd be like, I I just wanted to let y'all know that y'all were <laughs> pretty Catholic, devout, like desirable. Like it's it's this thing in like a guy's heart where like you want the ladies in your life that you care about to like feel loved, desired, cherished. Like that's a natural thing, right? And it's like that's meant for our wives, but like y'all are all younger than me, so a lot of y'all were like little sisters to me. It's like you want the ladies in your life that you care about to feel loved and cherished and desired. Right. So it's like, I wanted to communicate 
that like you're not a failure as a person, <laughs> which like I think a lot of times some of y'all would would feel like that mm-hmm. without being like weird. Like I didn't want to be the married guy like that seems like I was hitting on people, but it's just like I, I want you to know that you're a good person and that it's the guy's fault. That's essentially where I was at. So it was just kind of this uh this strange thing where I'm like and then like with the guys, I'm like ask them out like mm-hmm. what's the worst that could happen you know so it's just kind of a it was a strange thing because i feel like i missed it like i got married so young uh which is not a thing that you tell to people when they're not married like i didn't i didn't remind you of that over and over again before you got married you know but it's just like i didn't have to deal with this right i didn't have to deal with like finding somebody late and i and, and like so it's harder for me to connect with people now both both men and women because it, like you said it is a huge problem now that like you know, we talked earlier about like, I'm good at helping people with things that I'm really good at, but I never had to experience this. So why would I be any good at it? So, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think part of it too, is that, um, our generation was told that we should choose our career over our vocation. Mm. And so women are constantly, you know, going to college, getting a career and focusing on that and trying to immediately just jump in and into that. And, even when we're in our careers, it's hard for us to find a find a time and find a place to meet good, holy single men. And so, and and then even though even even when we do, these men aren't asking women out on dates. And so it is just really difficult on both ends. So I, I don't think it's just the man's fault. I think it's also the woman's fault. Um, but I I do wonder why even when a man does see a woman that he's attracted to, he doesn't ask her out. So I, I agree. There's faults to go around, but it's 90% on the dudes. <laughs> 90% lefties. Is that what you said? 90% on the dudes. Oh, <laughs> I was like, lefties are weird, but I don't understand. Yeah. It's their fault too. <laughs> I feel perfectly fine saying that. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Thank God it got solved for you. This is very funny. Um, this story is a beautiful story that you're about to share, but uh, there have been some connections in uh, with other people in my life that I thought have been have been pretty interesting for a pretty similar situation. So uh, you were uh, single, working. You know, you had expressed to me multiple times that you would like to. You know, I'd, I would like to be married. Yeah, I'd like to. You know, raise a family. All all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we already said that you're married. So how did that happen? It's a, it's actually a pretty fun story. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about before I get started into that, that I have been to so many weddings. I am literally, my life is literally 27 dresses. Is that what that, <laughs> yeah, that's what that movie is called. 27 dresses. My life is literally the movie 27 dresses. And I, have been so many bride. I've been a bridesmaid so many times. I have, I've been to like at least I'd say a hundred weddings at this point, single. And so each wedding was just that much more difficult, you know, desiring marriage and seeing friends get married one after the next, after the next, and um, really asking the Lord, like, why am I not married? You know, and even asking, like, am I not good enough for this vocation? And, um, And so it kind of got put on my heart that I needed to start asking people to set me up, you know, or going to. I tried. You refused my offer. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I know who you're talking about and I wasn't interested. (laughs) I know what I want, Taylor, and I found him. Uh, (laughs) But, 
yeah. So, you know, going to different cities and hanging out with their friends and getting to know other people and maybe just gathering and getting to know more people um, was really important. And so I told my sister this idea and a few weeks later, she texts me. She's like, can we talk? I'm like, okay, sure. She's like, I have someone in mind for you, but I just want to like, see what you think. I think you'd be, I think you'd, you'd be interested, but I was like, okay. And she was, and she told me that it was her best friend's brother who I knew in college. Um, he started at AM when I was a senior. He transferred to AM when I was a senior and I was gone for that semester during the Disney college program. And so I came back for one single game um, with Becca and we actually sat with her best friend, her now husband, and then my now husband. So that was actually the first time that we met was at this, this football game, which I don't remember at all, but needless to say, I, I knew him, you know, we had many conversations in the past. And for some reason, like the, every time I would like pray about who my future husband would be, it was like, you already know who this person is. Bryce. <laughs> yeah. God, trying like, to make it super clear. I, and you're like, what? What about yeah. rice? What do you say? <laughs> I like, go through my phone contacts. Like, who do I already know? You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so she called me and it was immediately just this very, um, humbling and purifying and uh healing it was just such a healing experience I can't even explain it to you but just like the whole conversation it it just healed so many wounds that I had built up about like surrounding previous guys the guy I dated right like before um I just had a lot of woundedness from that uh and so I was so grateful for that conversation. And so I gave myself a couple of weeks to think about it, which he makes fun of me for so much now. And finally, yeah, especially with like the position you were in, you were like, did it really take weeks for you to make this decision? <laughs> Come on, Sarah. <laughs> but it did. I, I think that healing process continued over the next two weeks. And then I, I think what it was really was that I, I just like knew this was going to be who I was going to marry, like in that moment. And it kind of freaked me out. And so I was like, I need, I need a little bit of time. And so <laughs> three more weeks of singleness. Yeah. I've done it yeah. this long. I can do three more weeks. <laughs> honestly though, honestly. So I took that couple of weeks, prayed about it a lot. And, um, just to, just to heal those wounds and then said yes. And we immediately started talking and he was in the coast guard. And so he was up in uh, where his family was for Christmas and took a detour to college station to go on a date with me on his way home from Christmas. And we talked for a few hours. It was really great. At some point, his brother who had driven with him like peeked into the room and I had no idea that he was there. And he actually sat like right behind us to make fun of his brother. <laughs> and That's it was great. Funny. It was it was great. Um, and Leave then, it to brothers to almost ruin what was what had a really good ending <laughs> to this story. <laughs> he's still trying to ruin it today. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, and so I just totally like, you know, after that first coffee date, we continued talking. And just something that was really different about this relationship was I felt really called to let him lead. Um, and before, if a guy, if I was interested in a guy, I was the one kind of trying to put myself out there and like, pursue him 
But this time it was taking a step back and letting him pursue me. And so it went from text to phone calls to um, I went to meet up with you when you were doing a trivia night and we were on the phone. And that was when he asked me to come visit for the first time. And I went in. Yeah, super rude. Super rude to ignore me like that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I went down and visited him and it just started like, again, just a slow process of discernment. And then as soon as it was like, there was just this moment where we talked about it and we both knew and the Lord just like put it on both of our hearts and we just went straight to marriage, you know, and, um, it's just been the absolute best thing. His family is so close and, um, a prayer of mine and desire of mine has always been that our parents and our families would know each other really well. Um, because growing up, my grandparents on both sides of my family were best friends. Like we all went on a cruise together, like both sides, my family, all my cousins, we all went on a cruise because both sets of grandparents were celebrating the 50th anniversaries. And they even still to this day take each other out for birthdays and for for anniversary meals and things like that. And so that's been something that was on my heart. And so when it was just even more confirmed that this was what we were supposed to do because our families were already so close and our sisters were best friends. But he is just so amazing. He's so good. Um, I love how knowledgeable he is and how goofy he is, how close he is with his family members. Um, they whenever they get together, they laugh so hard. They cry. It's just so funny and so good. And I'm really grateful to be a part of the family and to be married to him. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. And and I I could tell like throughout this whole thing, like you've just been genuinely happy like the entire time, uh, which is just really good. So um, it was cool for me that um, I I had this realization. I shared it with, with you and Bryce, uh, I don't know if I shared it before, but whenever whenever I saw y'all last weekend, um, like my sister's wedding was just a few weeks ago, and okay. uh, I hadn't made the like. There have been a lot of connections that I have made, and I've shared these with you, like, but where you and my sister are very similar. Like my sister is four years younger than me. You're four years younger than me. Like it's which baffles me and kind of blows my mind. Like because I've I've said multiple times, like my my sisters still seem like the age that they were when I left high school because it's like once I left high school like I didn't come back you know like I, I I went off and lived my life you know I mean like I came back for holidays but I didn't like go live there right so like my sister would have been you know 13 14 when I left and the other sister would have been like 10 and they're both married now and I'm like this is illegal you can't marry a 10 year old you know like <laughs> uh, but there's been a lot of similarities with like essentially my sister was in the a very similar scenario that that you were in right like pretty devout Catholic wanted to be married, wanted to be a mom and just wasn't meeting anybody. Right. And a pretty similar kind of thing. Like she was, went to school, was working, was very introverted. Like wasn't in a lot of places where like she would meet new people, you know, pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty similar. Right. And for you, it was your sister introducing you to your now husband. Uh, For my sister, it was my parents and my sister's now husband, her, his parents, went on vacation together. Like, like they were on, they did not go on vacation together. Right, they went right, on vacation right. separately. They yeah. met. And, uh, my parents are from Southern Louisiana. And like, like if you know people from Southern Louisiana, you know exactly what they sound like. And I guess they just heard them. <laughs> they just heard my, my sister's husband's parents talking in various 
Southern Louisiana. So they got together, started talking about Southern Louisiana things, and they both realized that they had like an eligible bachelor, bachelorette that both wanted to be married. And they were like, hey, they should meet. And then they met, and now they're married. And I'm just like, this is just, it's so, so cool. like, it's so cool. I'm so happy for both of you. But I, I like, it's just so foreign to me because I'm just like, I don't know. I just meet people where I'm, where I see them. I'm like, you're cute. Would you like to meet up with me? You know? And so it's just really funny to me that like these two people that I care about that are have very similar situations had very similar outcomes because of similar reasons. It was just kind of this baffling thing for me. It's kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so I, I got to at your wedding, I got to provide a role that I didn't know was a role at weddings, which kind of seems like, like you're just throwing somebody a bone. That's a a little bit what it feels like. You're like, Hey, we don't have a role for you here, but you can, you can do this thing that we made up. What You wanted to be a bridesmaid, Taylor? (laughs) I I did. I, I, for, uh, one of our other friends, I was the flower girl, uh, uh, Jennifer for, for Jennifer, uh, who is another incarnate word Academy person, ironically enough. Uh, my daughter was supposed to be the, my daughter was supposed to be the flower girl. She freaked out and did not want to go <laughs> and did not want to walk down the aisle. So I walked down the aisle putting down flowers while holding my daughter. So oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> At least you were still holding her. For some reason, yeah, I was yeah. imagining Maggie, probably Maggie. Give me your dress. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put not this dress me. on real quick. No. Oh uh, yeah, it was Maggie. She was very tiny. Um, so... It was actually the same building, which is kind of funny. So the same building where I was a flower girl. I was also this other thing. And it, it seemed made up, but it was actually a really special moment. And I'm really happy that you that, that you asked me to do it. But uh, it's one of those, like, at least to me, these new newer wedding traditions. So uh, what what did I do at your wedding? And, yeah. Tell, tell us that story. Well, you held the door open for me. I sure did. As I walked in alongside with one of our coworkers, old coworkers. Um, and both of you have just been such brother figures in my life. And it's, you know, just he's so like co- 78 years old, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so y'all have both been brotherly figures in my life. And so to, to see you two and to also have my dad next to me, um, was just very calming to have y'all there and, you guys both prayed over me before I walked down the aisle because, you know, you start to get a little bit jittery beforehand. And so it was yeah, just what people don't know is you really, tried to run away. I had to go tackle you. Was, <laughs> <laughs> don't ever tell Bryce. <laughs> yeah. That, so that was awesome. And a fun fact about that is that my husband held the door open for my sister before she walked in to get married. So my husband so and, and brother-in-law. So my best, my sister's best friend's brother. Hu- nope. My sister's <laughs> best friend's husband alongside my husband held the door open for Becca as she walked down the aisle. That's so cool. So I, I just think that, it is a beautiful role. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things that like when you asked me, I just, cause I'd never seen it before. I'm just like, okay. Like, you, want to, like, you, want me, you want me to hold the door? And it ended up being a way more special experience than I anticipated. Cause I just thought like when you hear hold the door, you're just like, okay, here you go. You know, uh, which like I've done a lot of church work where like, you know, you do things behind the scenes, like a lot, like a lot of our work that we do here is behind the scenes editing. stuff. So, so like, I thought it was going to be like, just like, like legitimately just open the door. She'll walk by 
But like you ended up standing there for like a solid like three or four minutes. We talked to you. We prayed Amazing. with you. And like, like, oh, yeah. And it was this. It was cool because it seemed like a microcosm like of our friendship, like of our mm-hmm. whole relationship, because like you were nervous. And I think like having your dad and these two other people that have meant a lot to you, like you calmed down. Like we physically saw you calm down Mm -hmm. because we talked with you. We prayed with you. And one thing that I will never forget is uh, I was the first, uh, this might not be true, but because other people probably might've seen it behind the scenes. Right. Like, I think there's always like, you know, I don't know what women do at weddings because I've never been one. Uh, But like, I think there's like the first look and like, you know, like, the ladies probably saw you in your dress before mm-hmm. the wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. But like before Bryce saw you, before your dad saw you, you peeked out of the chapel. And I'm just like, hi, <laughs> like I got to see you. And I was one of the first people to see you. That meant a lot to me. I was like, this is so, I'm so, ha- I was so happy for you. And it was just like this special moment of like, Oh, not only am I holding the door, like I, I, I got to say hi before anybody else did. This is nice. <laughs> and it was also another calming moment because I was by myself in there and I'm just getting really jittery. I'm like, my like, dad can come back. <laughs> right. And I was just like being silly, like, hello, yeah. I haven't seen you yet today. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a good moment. It was very sweet. So uh, you've been married for, for what, nine, 10 nine. months now? Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. So It'll be 10 months next month. That is well, how months work. Well, it'll be a, it'll be eleven after that, and then a year. <laughs> and that is because it's it's closer to ten months now than nine months. My favorite thing is that you know me so well that you immediately realized the door you opened I for did. me, and then you immediately tried to shut it, which is great. Um, but you've been married for nine months. What what are the what are the big takeaways from being married for nine months? What what are the the uh, how you feel? Oh, that's a good question. Well. It is actually the greatest time of our lives. Genuinely the best. Um, And you've never felt this way before? Never felt this way before. Do you swear that this much is true? And you owe it all to me? Are you singing a song? Yeah, I am. I I think I know the song. (laughs) Yes, you do. I had the time of my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never felt this way before. You sang it. I I would have never gotten there. (laughs) I, I, I know. <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely the best season of our lives. I'm trying to think of things to share about it, but we recently moved to be closer to his family after he got out of the Coast Guard. And we live near where there's a ton of hills, which I've never lived in a town with hills. So it's awesome. And his family lives out on some land. And so it's just really nice to get to go out there and spend some peaceful time together. So it's been a lot of really good quality family time. Um, but just life together is so good. I mean, I pretty much look at him every single day with like a tear in my eye. And I'm just, I just tell him I'm so grateful to be married to you. You're like, and I did it. <laughs> I do think that, and I think that maybe if there are any women that are listening to this that aren't married yet or have got married late, they'll like relate to this. But there's just that much more gratitude to be married. I would say because of the weight. Um, so I just feel like I'm slower to anger, frustration, or things that maybe would have frustrated me, you know, when I was younger, just really don't frustrate me at all. And I think part of that is also the relationships that were built and the communication that was built with our previous job. 
um, you know, the things that we were talking about earlier that like we were managing relationships. And when you manage relationships so much, you do start to understand how to do that more. Um, but my husband's just so good and, and peaceful and calm. And when I start to get angry about something, um, not related to him at all, but he just, he's so calm and he just teaches me so much. Um, so I'm just so grateful for every single day with him. We get to go on monthly dates together or really, I mean, every night is a date, you know, we just, we love it. We do sushi Wednesdays together because H-E-B gives you cheaper sushi on Wednesdays, but it's just been so awesome. <laughs> They're about to throw it out and they're like, hey, you can have a date. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. been here since last Wednesday. Oh, gross, gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, it's just been so awesome. I don't even know exactly what to say about it. Um, but I feel almost like my life has really started in a sense. Like I know my life always was moving and going and I was getting to live in the daily present moment, but there's just something about, you know, I wasn't in my vocation and now I am like, this is the vocation I was made for. And I feel like we're both thriving in it. So everything before nine months ago was indeed arrested development. You agree with me? <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I just started my life nine months ago, <laughs> which means that I was some strange prep for your real life. <laughs> I guess so, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, good. I'm very happy for you. Uh, you have not not that you've always been bubbly and happy, but there's just been something different about uh, since you've been dating him and then since you've been married. Um, I'm just. Really happy that that you're happy. And it's funny, my wife my wife just drove up. And it's funny, while you were talking, you were like, oh, you know, I appreciate the marriage so much more because we waited. And I'm like, well, we got married at 22. So who, who's yeah. more thankful? <laughs> that is true, too. I think that there's always going to be something you can be grateful for, for sure, in your marriage. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, it, it is funny because uh, I, I one of the similarities between you and my wife is that I often communicate with y'all through the podcast. Like I, I have <laughs> I have said things about you knowing that you're going to edit. I, yeah. I, I have been very complimentary of you. It's been great. It's been great working with you. It's been great um, seeing you grow very quickly in this audio editing and audio you know, video editing and stuff. You're you're very easy to work with. Um. But it's funny, like I, there have been multiple times where I've communicated with her. I'm like, hey, there's a person in my life that's doing this thing that's frustrating with me. And then a month and a half later, she listens to it. She's like, OK, I'll stop. I'm like, it's just way easier to communicate through the podcast than it is through anything. So y'all have that. Instead comment. of looking at her face to face. 100 percent. It's just way easier. It's just way easier to uh, delay the conversation. But it's scheduled. Um, so this, this <laughs> it will come out. Her own podcast now. 100 percent. 100 percent. But what, uh, so I, in the first segment, we talked about what it's like working with me. What are the things that, uh, I, I have said multiple times on the show, uh, not to your face that I'm very thankful that you're working here, that you're working with me. Uh, it's, uh, cool because I, because of everything that we talked about earlier, where I just like, I felt like I had like, I, I never really knew where I stood with people that I worked with because of all of the, you know, questioning and talking behind my back and like, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't know where, but when I'm like, Hey. You want to work here? You're like, sure. I'm like, okay, good. Someone does like me. That's great. Um, Which we have to share the little background behind that. And that when I was trying to figure out what to do next, I started thinking, I listen to podcasts a lot. Maybe I could be a <laughs> podcast editor. Let me text, text Taylor and, he, and see if he thinks that that's a good idea. And then you're like, you mean the job I've been trying to get you to do for the last right. three years? 
<laughs> it's so funny because there, there have been a, a couple of people where I have dropped hints where I'm like, look, I never want to be the guy that steals somebody away from, from a job, especially mm-hmm. when like that job is with other people that I have relationships with. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, Hey, if you're going to leave that job, just come and have a conversation with me before you go somebody somewhere else. Cause that has happened too, where I'm like, Hey, I'd love to work with this person. And then they leave their job and go to another job. I'm like, Hey, we don't even like, at least come have a conversation. Right. Um, and uh, you were one of those people. You left, and you were like, "You." And I'm like, "Where? where what happened? What happened to the conversation?" <laughs> and then months later, it drove me crazy. You're like, "Hey, this is a good idea." I'm like, "I know. I've been yelling at you that it's a good idea for years. We work very well together." And it was this is this interesting thing. So like. I knew that you hadn't edited much audio and video stuff, but I knew there's, there's just something about um, the work that you've done, like the marketing stuff that you've done, like a lot of the stuff that we do ends up being like marketing. Um, and I like the create, like you're very creative. You're actually a better creative than I am. You just hadn't worked in audio and video stuff, right? So you picked it up so very quickly that it, it made it easier for me, right? And like, it's just every, anything that I have asked you have done. I'm like, Hey, we need to fix this thing. And then you like, you fix the thing. And then like the last like hurdle to get over is like, look, I, uh, one of the big things with like, you know, behind the scenes, right. Of like audio editing is like when you first start, like I, you are, you were, you got to the point where you're doing dang near perfect edits, right? Like the, cause the whole thing with me is like, I am very not trusting with my work to other people. Mm-hmm. I actually hate it whenever other people are responsible for my work or like, you know, they do the work and then I'm going to get blamed if it's bad. Like, I, I, I hate that. Like, like if I'm going to mess up something like, like you know, with all of our clients or whatever, a, a relationship, mm-hmm. whether it's with editing or whether it's with speaking or doing music or whatever, it's like, if it gets messed up, I want to be the person that messed it up. <laughs> I don't want somebody else messing with my reputation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to the point pretty quickly of like, this edit is, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't know if I did it or if you did, it, which is mm-hmm. great. We got there so fast. And then I was like, look, it's just slow. Like, and that's the big thing with audio editing. It's like, it takes a long time. Like I, I can do it now where I'm barely thinking. And it's just like, Hey, look, okay. Cause of the year we did it. You know, like I didn't, I didn't have to, have to think that much. And, and I was like, look, I'm not, it's taking you eight hours to do something that I would do in two hours. I cannot charge my clients eight hours because I won't have any clients left. So like, even that I was like, look, I know it's hard, but here's some tips and tricks. But I, and then like within three weeks, you got like, you, like cut your time down by a like into a third of what it was i'm like you're great yeah you know what happened in those three weeks though uh no i got a new laptop oh that's correct so uh, that changed everything thank you again for that yeah yeah, well, uh, thank you to our donor who donated the money to get that laptop um yeah, it, it was funny. I was like, uh, I don't know if it's her or the computer. So I'm going to give her the computer to isolate with one of these things. <laughs> so, uh, it was both, no, you, for sure. But <laughs> just been, it's, it's, um, one of the things that I was, um, I think one of the big blessings here is that like the biggest thing that I was worried about uh, when you were coming on is like, I didn't know if you were going to be happy doing this, this kind of work. It's like, I knew I would be happy with you doing <laughs> this kind of work, but I didn't know if you were going to be happy. Right. And that was like that, that, you know, that meeting that we had of like, look, we've had all these technical meetings. Let's have a, just like, let's just talk how things are going. Right. And cause like my primary things was like, look, when we worked in youth ministry together, we had 
we were always surrounded by people. We were always either with the teens or you're with your uh, core group or you're with like our other staff and we would pray together as a staff. We'd have meetings with staff. We'd go to conferences together as a staff. Like we had a lot of like in-person time and this work is a lot of sitting at a computer by yourself and doing work that like, like when you, when you're with kids, you get a lot of feedback immediately. When you're doing audio editing, you don't get any feedback at all because our whole job is if we do a good job, it seems like we were never there and that the hosts are just good at their jobs. Like that's like, that's are, are perfect really. And like, yeah. um, so it's a pretty thankless job, right? Um, cause like nobody knows you did it. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's not like, you know, like, like I, I think like, you know, a garbage man, it's like a pretty thankless job, mm-hmm. but like at least people see them doing it. Right. Like it, it our job is like the gar- the garbage just disappeared and we don't know what happened. <laughs> so um, th- there's that, but then there's also just the like, th- there's just, there's just less people, less interaction. And like, I know that you like that interaction. You like that camaraderie. You like that, that sort of thing. So I was like pleasantly surprised when I was like, all right, this is working really well for me. Are you going to stay here for longer than three months because you're tired of doing things alone? And you, you did it. You're and you're like happy with it, which makes me incredibly happy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've enjoyed learning this new skill set. It's been pretty cool. And now I really know what you've been doing for the last two years. It's like yeah, I edit podcasts, and people are like, I didn't even realize people did that. I didn't know that was a thing, you know. And so now yeah. I genuinely know exactly what you do. So it's been pretty cool. The only way to show them is to find an unedited podcast and send yeah. it to them. Yeah. Here, here's what everything sounds like <laughs> before, <laughs> before we work on it. Yeah, it, it is just a really weird. No, like, no, but like, I explain it to people, like, especially with like Catechism Year, because that was like the most popular one. People are like, oh, you're working on that. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, uh, I don't know, man. You just, it's, yeah. Watch my YouTube lives. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, just this this idea of of creativity, right? So, like, whenever you're you're teaching, I, I learned this whenever we um worked in youth ministry together. There's this this adage of like, when you're teaching somebody something, you uh, tell them how it's done, show them how it's done, uh, and then you let them do it while you watch, right? So it's like, hey, I need you to watch me run this youth night. So that you can see how a youth nights run. Like, watch what mm-hmm. I do. Like, because I- even when you're doing a public thing, like being a youth minister or a youth night, there's some things that people won't see. Like, you know, I got to go, you know, go communicate with the kitchen staff. I got to go, you know, turn this light on and off. I got to go check the bathroom, make sure kids aren't making out. Like, there's there's just like all these things that like people don't see, right? Um, and then it's like, hey, I'm now you're going to do it and I'm going to watch and I'll be like, uh, and I'll help you. It's like, if something goes incredibly wrong, like I'll, I'll, I'm, you know, the veteran in this, I'll step in and help or whatever, but I'll, you know, then we'd have a meeting later in the week of like, Hey, this is went really well. This could have been a little bit better. And uh, you know, Hey, maybe never, like, I remember there was one, it wasn't you, but there's somebody else. It was <laughs> one of the funniest youth ministry stories. They bought these dodgeballs and they were like, we're going to use these dodgeballs. And I was like, you cannot use these dodgeballs. And they're like, why? We just bought them. We ordered them online. It took weeks to get here. Like, if we don't use these, it's going to take weeks. I was like, you cannot use these dodgeballs. And they were like, why? I'm like, because people like me exist. And it's like (laughs) me now, but also like me in high school. Like, I will murder people with these dodgeballs. They, They were like the kind of dodgeballs that I can only imagine were legal in like 1940. Like when we were preparing for the World War, they were like, hey, let's simulate battle by using these dodgeballs. 
and the guy, it was just this, like, it was one of those most few moments in youth ministry where it was like black and white. I'm like, but the guy just wasn't getting it. He's like, oh, Mm -hmm. we really want to play with these. I'm like, do you want me to prove to you that we can't use these? He said, yep. And I said, we're going outside. I said, you stand about 20 yards that way. And I'm going to throw this dodgeball at you once. And I threw it. And he had a bruise on his leg for like three weeks. He learned his lesson. Well, I never <laughs> hear about this story. <laughs> uh, uh, being, a youth, uh, being a youth minister advisor for guys is a little bit different yeah, than for yeah, girls. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope I never gave you a single bruise. Nevertheless, one the size of an entire dodgeball on the back of your leg. So, um, so like once you teach somebody something, uh, it is cool to see their creativity, right? So it's like I taught you how to edit audio first. And then we moved into the grand, the you know, the big project of video. Like we're gonna add, we're gonna add pictures to these aud- these audio clips, right? And then the final thing after doing full videos is like, okay, I'm gonna teach you how to like make these reels, these shorts or whatever, like these little promo things. And I taught you how to do them. And within a week, uh, you had put your own creativity on it where you are putting like better captions. You started adding these videos, like these other clips from like other cartoons and other shows and stuff that made the videos better, easier to watch, more accessible, more catchable, like they're catching the eye and they're just funny where it's just like, Sarah, I don't even know how to do that. Like there's now a skill that you have. I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's now a skill that you have. Well, I was thinking about it like legitimately like for Christmas break, like we just talked about when you're going to work over Christmas. But I was like, if she leaves and doesn't do these promos, they're going to go back to being boring and nobody's going to watch them. Like they're just, <laughs> it, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like when, 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 when I create something, right? Like I was here, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. This podcast is pretty typically a, a fun time for me. Right. And, but like, once I say a joke, I'll, I, I might laugh at your joke or I might even laugh at my joke because a lot of times my jokes are surprises to me because you said something that I didn't see coming. And I'm like, Hey, that was actually kind of funny. Right. But I'm no longer surprised about it after the moment. And a lot of like comedy is surprise. Right. So I create these videos and then days later I go and I watch them where you've added these clips and I'm laughing at my own stuff now. I'm like, this is so <laughs> funny. And, and it's not the stuff I'm saying. It's how well these videos that you, have, and you, you were like, there was one last week where like it was, uh, I, I was saying something semi-controversial and you used a Simpsons clip to agree with me that made me look even worse, but it was <laughs> genuinely hilarious. And you were like, I would have never said that, but I, I shared this clip because it was in your voice. And I'm like, I agree with you. <laughs> so it's just been really fun to see like you get like, uh, like part of the reason I wanted to work with you is your creativity. And when you're learning something, it's hard to be creative because you're trying to be so like get everything right. Um, and now you have made Forte Catholic stuff more creative and better to the point where I don't know how to do it. So please never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I love creating those reels. It is the best part of the job because it uses the creativity. That's one of the reasons why I was right. like, please let me do this because right. I wanted to use that creativity behind it. Right. And you were saying earlier that I've gotten rid of like every social media, but YouTube was still on my phone up until like three weeks ago because I was just constantly scrolling through the shorts and watching like any short I could find. Right. But like the, the ones where they added in those short little videos made them so much funnier. And so getting to actually do that is awesome. But I had to delete YouTube off my phone because I was (laughs) constantly looking at them. 
And you perfected the medium. So what do you need that for? <laughs> All right. Well, this is fun. I'm thankful that you uh, that you uh, had this conversation with me today. I'm very thankful that you're working with me. I'm very thankful for all the work that you've done. I'm very thankful that you got married. I'm very thankful that Bryce makes you happy. And uh, so this is this is just a, a little extension of our Thanksgiving episode because I'm just thankful about all of this. <laughs> just continue with the gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm Taylor Schwell. I'll be back next week. She is Sarah Allen. She'll uh, be on literally everything that's ever posted from this channel because she's constantly editing everything, making us look better, sound better, and even sound funny, which is which is rare around here. So uh, I will be back next week. See ya. Thank you all for watching and listening to today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed hanging out with Sarah as much as I do. She's one of my favorite people, and I uh, really am happy that uh, I got to share her with you on today's episode. If you liked it, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Today's episode was produced by me and edited by the one and only Sarah Allen. Uh, we will see you very, very soon. My light just fell and that's, we're leaving that in. <laughs> that's, I hope that your week is going better than mine. Love you.